Hi, I'm Paul Schrempf, and welcome to Microdosing, where we look at small, specific topics that represent larger trends in the business of healthcare. Many people are surprised that this podcast is not a major source of income for me. In fact, it doesn't generate any income, which leads people to ask, what then do you do for a living? Well, in short, I'm a partner at Profit. And in this series, I'll introduce you to a number of my colleagues, young and old, that'll give you a sampling of what we do. I hope you enjoy. Hi, today I'm joined by Alicia Shaw. Alicia, welcome. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. I'm quite excited for this. Um, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts. It's nice to finally be on it. Yes, very exciting. So let's dive in as we always do, but tell us a little bit about uh, Alicia and how did you get to profit? Yeah. So I grew up in New York and then found my way to Chicago after spending some time at Michigan for school and started off in school, I was really interested and liked working with people. It was a big part for me of just being able to collaborate, being with the team, really being able to just talk to everyone. And then after, really decided that consulting kind of checked those boxes. As you worked with a team, you got to try a bunch of different things. And I actually started in more like operations consulting, so very typical, mm-hmm. like technology systems and implementations and it was a really good intro into consulting but I think a part of me really craved the more creative aspect of it and being around people who weren't too corporate or really fit the normal consulting type and I talked to a lot of people and found my way to profit and I think the biggest thing for me that stuck out and why profit appealed to me was that it was a really good mix of creative and consulting Mm -hmm. and so it was like a blend of people who weren't too consulting-y, but weren't too creative, which I felt like really defined me. And so things worked out and I ended up at Profit. That's so cool. And then building on that, like how would you describe Profit or as you describe Profit to your friends and family, what comes to mind? Yeah, I think one, I think I still struggle to um, explain consulting to my family as, yeah. as do a lot of people. But I think the biggest thing with Profit and probably overused, but I really do think it's the people, I think, one, people are actually passionate about what they do, like coming from another consulting firm and also just like having a lot of friends who are in consulting. You hear a lot about people being like, oh, it's just work. But I, I genuinely feel like people are excited to talk about what they're doing and the really cool work that we're doing here. I think the second thing, and this is what I touched on before, is it's just corporate enough without feeling very stuffy. I feel like people really embody the work hard, play hard, and understand that at the end of the day, it is work, but it's also, we're all people. We have all of our interests outside. And for me, that was really important as I didn't want to just be talking about Mm -hmm. work with people. I wanted to hear about what they do in their day-to-day, like their families, their hobbies, all of that. And I feel like I came to a place and what continues to stick out to me is that there are people with lives outside of work and who want to explore other passions. And I I really like being able to show up in my teams and not only talk about the work that we're doing, but also just what they're working on the side or what they care about on the side. Yeah, that's always key. I've, I've always found it important to... You can draw a line where you want between work, life, and the balance around Mm -hmm. that. But I do believe blending the two has a lot of value, particularly when it comes to the work that we do. Bring in whatever inspiration or things that you're interested in outside of work to the problem solving because it's quite interesting watching that unleash whether you're interested in cooking or traveling or active Mm -hmm. in sports. There's all the ways we use our brain beyond our occupation is so important in terms of problem solving that let it come through and go both directions. Yeah, and it's also interesting because I feel like in on projects I've worked on or just internal initiatives or honestly anything, yeah. it's always surprising to learn about the small nuggets of information that people know and then mm-hmm. 
sometimes it's not even related to our project, but they're able to apply it to what they're doing. I was on a project once and I was working with someone who like knew a lot about gaming and somehow it like related to what we were doing. And just hear what people know and all the random knowledge that they know, but it's so applicable. So it just adds more depth to people. And I really enjoy being able to learn more about outside of work, what do you actually care about? And like, how exactly does that apply? And so everyone has such interesting interest. I feel like that just makes things feel more down to earth and makes it a little, I think one thing is just at the end of the day and what's really helped me is like realizing people are people and like they have their own interests, they have their families Mm -hmm. and just like the way that you're applied to the way that they're able to apply their personal experiences to work is just, it's very nice. And it's like something that sticks out to me about profit and I really appreciate it. That's so cool. And you've touched on this already. It's hard to separate your consulting experience from project and account experience here. It's, it's very much hand in glove. But as you think about all the things that you've worked on here at Profit, what's what's one account or project that really stands out? Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to work on a lot of healthcare projects, which mm-hmm. is just a personal interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite ones, and just honestly one where I, it was just so cool to see it, was with this digital health startup. Um, mm-hmm. And they were really trying to like grow in the market and continue to um, build their member base. And so we did a lot of customer research with them to understand both on the B2B side and um, the consumer side. And something that, again, that I really appreciate about this job is being able to talk to people. And so being able to conduct all these interviews with people and yep. hear a little bit more about what they're looking for, like what are their like problems when it comes to taking care of their health. It was really cool to be able to be in those conversations and ask all those questions and then after go back to our client and tell them like this is what we're hearing this is what people want and so from that we were able to tell a really like powerful story about what this this Mm -hmm. startup could offer to people and so it was a very collaborative team everyone really wanted to just deliver on what like people outside were saying and so I, i think that was just a really cool experience to just be constantly back and forth with the client and like our team about how do we make this better and i think what really solidified this project for me was that a few months later the client emailed us and told us that they had rebranded and we actually saw our work in market on the website on their communications there were like statements that i had that i'd written that i was like oh my god my work is in market and so i think it's just it's it was like crazy impactful and just incredible to see this work come to life yeah. and like the people that it's going to touch going forward. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I, th- I think that's, we often talk about having multiple doors to a lot of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And one of those common doors, as you mentioned, is this value proposition door, which is fascinating as I didn't quite understand it in my earlier years, but I understand it more now. And yeah. I use the overused construct where to play and how to win. Mm-hmm. And a lot of startups know where to play. Yeah. The private equity knows where to invest. There's something going on here, let's put money there. And then we get this, uh, the first lead, which is we ha- we're having a hard time articulating what it is that we do. Yeah. Which to me is like, that's crazy. But I now understand it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and more often than, than not, a lot of our value proposition work, which is sometimes starts as messaging, how do we talk about ourselves, turned in, turns into a whole conversation about, well, what's your strategy? What's your exp- yeah. customer experience strategy? And once you know all of that, then you know what to say. Yeah. But it's this interesting, it's not a lack of a strategy, but it's a lack of a, a crystallization of a strategy is sometimes what we end up doing. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's interesting because the same thing happened on this project where they knew that they were the leader, but they didn't know how to articulate it. And yeah. they kept telling us, it's, we know we're great, but we have no idea how to t- tell it to people. And then that led to conversations about, okay, so what are your differentiators? What is your strategy? And it, I, 
it was interesting, and again, this is as I learn more about the world of brand and yeah. the importance of value propositions, it's interesting to see how it, to your point, touches so many different parts of the business. It's not just, oh, like a messaging type work right. that you might think of it as, but it's like, how do you articulate what the strategy is? What are we actually delivering into market? And so I think also being able to see that in the rebrand once they launched, yeah. it made sense. I was like, okay, this is what they're doing. Like, this is what they're delivering. And so. It's just really interesting to actually see that come to life. Yeah, and it's in, in the, the arc that you told, it's such an interesting connection of different levels. There is the clarification of the strategy, big, meaty business issues. And then there's sometimes this interesting rebrand, which is a new visual identity. And then you also see the power of a free t-shirt at yeah. work too. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves a good free t-shirt. They're, those are the ones that stay. Yes. Good logo to free t-shirt. Um, also, as we kind of sh- shift to kind of our last topic, would love to get your thoughts and opinions for those that are considering coming to profit or a job at profit or those that have just started. What's some advice to a, a new hire or hire to be? <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. I feel like I, I think about this a lot as I just like continue to feel more comfortable with what I'm doing. Obviously, I think one one thing that I would say is be okay with feedback. I think mm-hmm. when I first started, I always used to think things had to be perfect. I thought that like when I spoke to someone, when I like discussed work, it had to be like completely perfect. And I've realized now that like feedback isn't bad. It's actually starting the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think Initially, I was like, no, I need to have the answer to everything. Like, if I get feedback, that means my work is terrible. And now I realize that, like, it's just built, like, at the end of the day, we're all a team and feedback is what builds us to, like, the right answer. So I think getting comfortable with feedback early makes it, takes a lot of the stress off of you. It definitely used to stress me out. And now I understand it. It's just part of the process of getting to the answer. And I think the second thing, too, is being open to just different projects and Mm -hmm. just different opportunities. I think I always used to think that I needed to come in with like a clear idea. This is what I need to do. These are the projects I need to get on. And I've realized that some of my favorite projects have been ones that I maybe weren't super excited for. I didn't really realize that it was something I was interested in and reflecting back on it. It's been some of those projects have been like very pivotal in my career. It's also introduced me to so many people. And I think I've been trying to find silver linings in a lot of it. And maybe, yeah, you'll get staffed on a project that isn't the most interesting, but there are people you meet, there are things you learn, there are things you add to your toolbox. And so I think keeping an open mind just with everything is what has guided my attitude. It's just like, okay, like I'm just going to try it. Like, why not? If I don't like it, then I know for the next that I don't want to do this at all. So I think those would be the two main things that I would say for any new hire or hire to be. Yeah, those are great. I think that's, there's a consistent theme that that I think I was on that trajectory as well early, early in my career. The closer you are to undergrad or graduate school, I I, want to believe, this is my opinion, that you leave school and you believe that there are right and wrong answers in this world. Mm -hmm. And when you get into consulting, it's less clear. That's to your your point where you get feedback is most of the time it's not that the thinking is wrong, it's how is this going to be received by your sponsor? What's the sponsor going to be looking like? Is this threatening to anybody else? Because as we are in abundance in an era right now is there's different interpretation of the facts these yeah. days, yeah. but it's how do we get to the right answer? And then equally important, how do we ensure that answer is acted upon, which gets a little bit more organic than right and wrong yeah. to, to your point. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and you're so right, especially like in, in school, you're taught that there is a right answer. There's a one clear answer you get to, whether it's like a test or an essay or whatever you're doing for an assignment. And so you're taught that the only two things are right or wrong. And yeah. then 
when you get into consulting and what I've realized is that like to your point there is no right answer it's just the answer that you come that you build on with yeah. everyone else and I think the hardest thing for me and something that I feel like I'm still learning is that when I come to a conversation, it's about having a perspective and it doesn't have to be a right or a wrong perspective, but it has to be a perspective to start Mm -hmm. the conversation because a lot of the times there are things that I'll say and yeah, they're like completely maybe like ridiculous or so off the, like the path of what we would go with, but it sparks a conversation that gets us to an answer that like maybe we wouldn't have even thought about it. The biggest shift for me now is like, it doesn't have to be right or wrong, but there needs to be a perspective and I should always show up in a conversation with something that I've thought about and like I'm willing to talk about and being open again to receiving what people are saying okay I see what you're saying but to your point maybe the sponsor won't react well or they can't action upon it and I'm like oh I didn't think about that so I think it's really just being okay with this gray thinking rather than black or white all the time yeah no my, my new favorite quote which is not new and I'm having a hard time finding out who's attributed to it is Speak with the confidence as if you're right. Listen as if you think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's this, a it's great way of kind of yeah. juxtaposition around that. Yeah. That's yeah. super awesome. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for taking a few minutes mm-hmm. and, and sharing your story and, and your perspectives uh, of working at Profit. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Microdosing. If you'd like more content like this, go to our website at md-pod.com. And that will triage you to all the common podcast platforms and social media pages to follow us. Until next time, cheers.